0: It's an era of change, of ideals and cultures constantly colliding. We need brave people who will find the way of hope in the chaos, who will elevate truth in their speech and activate reform in their lives. Lee Sloan welcomes you to this Brave Nation. Hello, Brave Nation. I hope you're doing well. Before we get on to our conversation today, I'd like to let you know that I just started a new series on my Brave Nation Circle subscription platform. It's about the different graces of Reformation. The first we focus on are from Bible examples Esther and Mordecai. You'll see how these two were able to work together in their different roles and operate in the graces of the statesman, the watchman, and the herald to accomplish God's purpose in their culture. Our next Brave Nation circle zoom training on the next grace that we will explore is on december 12th you can go to leesloan.com to find out how to sign up live or how to listen to all my teachings over the past couple of years that's dot com. Well, hello, Brave Nation. Today, I'm going to introduce you to a new guest, a friend of mine. Her name's Adrienne Tucker, and she has a ministry of her own. She also has a new child of her own. She has a story that she wants to share. And today, we're mostly going to be talking about abortion. I know I haven't hit it uh, very much on this podcast, and um, and I feel like it's just really important. It's a now thing that we're talking about. And so... Um, I thought she, she it's abortion, we had talked about it a long time ago, and it's really something that's close to our heart. And this is just gonna be a heart experience with with Adrian. But Adrian, go ahead and tell us. Um, welcome by the way. Thank you. <laughs> and I'll go ahead yeah. Tell us about your ministry first, generation now,
1: right? Yes, absolutely. So I'll make the history of it brief. Um, but um six years ago, so around six years ago, September of 2016, um, I, Lord laid on my heart to really reach out to the young, the young, the teenagers, adolescents in our community. Um, I was working at an airlines for the airlines for a little while and I knew I was like, okay, this is not my calling. I just wanted to do something fun for my, in my life. And then, I was like I know that there's a bigger purpose in my life something that I I need to do to give back or to make a difference in some kind of way and I knew how much I love teens and I already had some impact on some teens in my life already some of my friends teenagers and so um so God literally laid out my heart like to start this program like nothing big just something that was kind of where my mindset was I'm like just nothing big just something that we you know we'll meet every once in a while maybe once a month and just We'll just discuss all things that teens deal with today. So peer pressure, body image, self-esteem, uh, relationship dynamics, whether it's friendships, romantic relationships, family relationships, um, just anything like that, uh, talking about bullying. Uh, because at the time I was moving into working in the sex trafficking arena. We mm-hmm. talked a lot, a lot about that and domestic violence, teen dating violence, anything like that. Anything that they struggle with today. A lot of social media talk, lots of social media talk. Um, And so I just wanted them to have a safe place to be able to come and share and be open, transparent, vulnerable, no judgment, and just have someone outside of youth group at church or outside of sporting events or outside of school. Just a place that's no parents, just um, however they want to look at me as a big sister, a mentor, a coach, a second mama, however they looked at me, um, but someone that they can confide in, someone they can talk to and feel comfortable with. And as well as build healthy relationships with others um, and the others their age. And so I started, it was called Gen Z Girls because of this generation, Generation Z. um, And I only was called to, or with teen girls. So it's called Gen Z Girls. Uh, Fast forward a few more years, it has grown. We've had um, about 83 girls involved uh, in the past six years totally blew my mind. Like when I was going back and looking at the numbers, I'm like, Oh my goodness, I've had an impact on 83 girls in this community at some point, whether they came to one session, um, one activity, one retreat, I still (laughs) include them in the number. And I'm thankful that God gave me this, this vision. I'm glad that he's uh, called me to to do this work. Um, and so also because of that fast forward again, um, I was like, this isn't just for girls anymore. I'm feeling called that, you know, boys need a safe place to talk about things as well. And because I'm not a guy, I was like, I need some awesome male leaders to help run this as well. And so I reached out to some awesome guys that I know that had a, a desire to work with teen boys. Um, and they we started the boys group September of last year, and we're up to a little over 20 boys now. And we changed the name to generation now uh, because I wanted to continue to grow past generation Z. So whatever the current generation and now, whatever the current generation is, that's who we will impact and inspire and encourage. So yeah. we're, we're continuing, continually. Conti- I can't even talk, right? We are growing. <laughs> we're yes. still going on. We're go- growing, growing, growing. And I can't wait to see what the future holds for, for us.
0: Well, thank you for serving our community that way. It's awesome. I know we need it, especially, you know, since COVID and all that, I mean, people need connection. All of us need connection. And I found that the same thing, you know, which is why I wanted to start a school because I was like, you know, a lot of these kids are isolated, you know, whether they're homeschooled or not. Um, and even in the public schools, you know, they are, the public schools are trying to kind of take kids under their wing and teach them certain things like social emotional learning as a buzzword right now. Um, yeah but it's not, I mean, as Christians, like it's not necessarily our worldview world that's coming through to them. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a totally different, um, or way to look at the world. And it's not one that I promote or agree with in a, a lot of the cases. So, um, that's why I, you know, I also created a a class where, you know, we can talk about social emotional issues, but it's going to be um, in the framework of a Christian worldview, you know, yeah, and yeah, I don't, I don't exactly. apologize for that. You know, I mean, yes, they might not get the funding for it, but, um, but it's important that we can do that as believers. I mean, this whole podcast and um, even Brave Nation in general is just about shifting culture. And I just see you doing that. You're a culture shifter. You're somebody who's, who's looking into the future and going this next generation are like sheep without a shepherd. They need someone to help guide Absolutely. them. Mm -hmm. And we, and you're taking that responsibility for your community seriously. It's not like, oh, well, someone else will do it. You know, I'm just, it's just me and my little (laughs) family Mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, like how can I be, um, of service to the community? So that's really amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So, okay. So we're here to talk about abortion, not not the thing that, you know, people talk about when they're just first getting to know each other over a cup of yeah. like Okay, hey, let's talk about abortion, you know. It's, exactly. the, it's the one thing that people want to avoid, it seems like. It causes, uh, but, you know, that's the thing that I like to do. I like to talk about the things no one wants to talk about because I, yes, I, it's you important, do. you know. It's important <laughs> to have conflict. It's important to work through those things. and And it's so loaded for so many people, especially women, you know, I, I'm sure a number of women that I know have probably experienced it, whether they've told me or not yeah. um, is another story. I mean, it touches so many areas. It touches motherhood. It touches mm-hmm. um, just being a woman and what that is all about. It t- It's a lot of times it touches on sexual abuse and, and that type of stuff. And so I guess just, just share with me a little bit of your journey. I know you do have an adopted son, um, your journey with, Okay. So how you feel about abortion and and how you've gotten to where you are with that?
1: Um, yeah, absolutely. And um, again, I don't I don't want to. You know, I can be long winded sometimes. And I'll, I'll wanna, interrupt
0: you. It's good. Yeah, <laughs> will just have a conversation
1: um, just because I enjoy talking about this this and I you know I'm very passionate about about my journey, yeah. um, my story, kind of where where I've been and how I got to where I am today and being a mom. Um, and I just want to apologize ahead of time. I do have my son with me. And so he may say something, he may scream out, he may ask for okay. something. So um, <clears throat> so we'll try and, and keep him as quiet as we can no um, for, uh, you know, an almost two year old. So we'll see if we can make this work. <laughs> Um, anyway, so, so as far as my journey goes, I, um, have been wanting to be a mom for a very, very, very long time. Like that was always like my number one dream. My number one dream was always to be a mom and, um, from an early age. And I knew like, okay, when I grow up, that's what I want to do. I've loved children. I have a degree. I have an associate degree in early childhood development. Um, I've worked in Head Start program for, yeah, I did it for seven years and then I stopped and then I went back for another four years So a lot of years working in childcare, in um, education for young children um, Just because of my heart for young kids and but ultimately I wanted to be a mom So later on, you know, of course I get married and um, I tell my husband, okay, I can't wait to have kids And we try and nothing happens. And so I try and figure out what's going on. Nothing's happening um, I go to doctors, after doctor, after doctor, from OBGYNs to my general practitioner naturopaths, like you name it, trying to see what's going on. Uh, we try different treatments and different medications, and it just shows that there is definitely male and female factor infertility. And when I tell you my whole life, like, like I'm, my heart just broke and shattered in a billion pieces because I have never thought, I was like, why, why me? I mean, I was like, I... Haven't done anything wrong. I I've followed every single of like every principle of the Bible. Like I'm like doing this the right way. You know, I was like, I there's, I mean, no judgment to anyone who are moms now, but I even think about um, I even think about just, you know, people who don't want kids. And it comes so easily for them or they have multiple kids with men they don't want. And, you know, it's just like and then I look at someone, someone for myself who's just like, what did I do to deserve this, to not be able to have kids? Because I remember God said, you're going to be a mom. You are going to be a mom. And even, even hearing from friends and family members saying, Adrienne, like all the different lives you've touched and all these young girls you've worked with, you are a mom in some way. I'm like, okay, I get it. A part of that, like I didn't want to hear. Yeah. I know that sounds weird because it's like an encouraging word. But it's like, okay, still it's not the same because I knew I wanted to be, I want to give birth and actually carry a child in that process. So later, you know, after going through, after going through lots of, you know, therapy and lots of prayer and seeking God, um, an opportunity came up and I won't go too much into that, but an opportunity came up um, for adoption. And um, I talked to my husband and I really prayed about it and, God literally said to me, he was like, I said that you will be a mom. I didn't say how you would become a mom. <laughs> yeah. Um, his plan, our plan B is his plan A. So he already knew exactly how my story would be unfolded. And it was a matter of me trusting him and stepping on faith and like, okay, and ultimately being at peace about this decision and for me and my husband to both be on one accord and saying, okay, this is the way to go. If, if God opens my womb and I'm able to carry a child, amen, that'll be absolutely wonderful. But in this time, in this season of my life, adoption was the way I was going to become a mom mm-hmm. and to be able to be a blessing even to young moms, as much as I love ministering and encouraging and inspiring young teen girls, Maybe this was another way to do that in and in a way to be able to bless and help them as well as myself. Mm-hmm. And so because I don't I, I didn't want to sound selfish, like I want to be around to someone else's kid. Like I didn't want it to sound that way either because that wasn't the case. And so so we started um, looking into it and, and moving forward. And um, when I say we probably had one of the fastest adoptions, <laughs> um, adoptions can take a year to two years, the whole process. Um, we, and we announced our adoption to the world July 1st, 2020. So during the pandemic, July 1st, 2020, um, when we signed our contract with our agency, we got a call a month and a half later on August 17th saying, like, literally she said, are you ready to be a mom? Mm-hmm. And it was an, um, young, a young mother in Dallas, Texas, mm-hmm. um, in Dallas, Texas. And she was, she had chosen my husband and I to um, to adopt her child, and little did we know that the baby was due any day. <laughs> it was August seventeenth. Her due date was August twenty first, and so uh, he was born August twenty third of twenty twenty. And we were there for the birth. We were there to hold him, be in the first minutes of his life, and and it was just absolutely beautiful. Mm. And so I. I'm super thankful for this journey that we've been on. Um, My connection with his birth mother um, has not been what I've wanted to be. Um, I've prayed for her. I've, Mm -hmm. you know, called and checked on her. Um, She's choosing to not reach out, which is, which is fine. This isn't easy for her. You know, I mean, she can, you know, make it look like everything in life is fine, but I guarantee you there's some emotional struggles or anything going on with Mm her that I may not know that she may not show the world. And in her time she will. But yeah. um right now is not the time, and all I can do is just continue to pray for her and her heart and where yeah. she's at. So. and I'm
0: sure you're thankful she made the choice to give birth.
1: <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, that was another thing. Like I when it comes to kind of moving into the abortion thing, um, I I think about the fact that I I may not be a mom right now if you know if she had made that decision to abort and one thing I found out later, actually I think when we got to Dallas was that she didn't know she was pregnant. Um she was six months along when she found out. And she didn't say it in but so many words. But if she would have found out earlier, she would have aborted her child. Wow. Um the is it
0: against birth, the law passed when she she like was it against the law? Is that why she couldn't?
1: No, she, I, I think she just decided because it was too far along okay, like okay. For, her anything own, anything
0: for her own, for her person, own health. Yeah. yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. So she didn't want to risk anything like that. But I think if she would have found out earlier because yeah. of how she, how she got pregnant, the birth father, we have no information on the birth father at all. We know his first name and that's it. We don't even have a last name because mm-hmm. um, it was a, a one night stand type of situation. She never stated if it was sexual assault or anything, but we do believe that there was, um, i believe that there could have been some force there yeah so i do not think that she would have kept him if she found out she was pregnant earlier on right um wow. so so i will say it's a, say a blessing for mm-hmm. us um that it was so she was far along in her pregnancy to have to keep him i mean as far as carrying him all the way through
0: right and i mean in our you know as you know um Roe v. Wade has been struck down. So now we have, abortion is becoming a huge issue now. You know, the the conversation has been elevated. Every state's going to have to decide where they stand on it. And, um, you know, we have this conundrum of a lot of people wanting to adopt babies. But then there's a lot of people also, uh, kids that are in foster care right now, too. Mm-hmm. So it's like, in in one sense, you know, we don't have, we have more than enough families that will take kids in oh yeah absolutely but um but then the ado- the foster system is flawed and it's you know it's difficult it right so it's like there's yeah. kids that want families but ha- but there's a co- disconnect on how they're getting to each other
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a lot of red tape um and that that was part of the because I worked in foster care as well. So I, I've seen a okay. lot. And that was one of the reasons why we decided on going straight for adoption. Um was because not saying that I would never foster. Um and maybe that is a is something we'll do down the line. Um, but I, I the ultimate purpose for foster care. I mean the goal is reunification with the bio family. My goal was never to foster child and have them never go back to their bowel family, especially if it's a healthy family. Right. So, um, like I said, eventually, maybe later I can, you know, foster, but, and I've seen so, so many issues in the system. Yeah. It breaks the process and children going back to unhealthy homes too early. Um that breaks my heart. Also living in the state of Alaska, um and the all the ICWA laws. And I get it and I and I understand it. But that's very hard too. And it's hard for other families who want to foster and take these kids in. Mm. But due to laws (laughs) in place, they don't get to keep them and they're gonna go to a family member that they've never met before, a very, very distant family member in a very small village away from the, the school they've been at and the people they know. And because of laws. And so, yeah, I just didn't, I, I personally didn't want to go through that. Do I like helping people in that area? Absolutely. Yeah. But for myself and my heart and how I am wired, couldn't do it.
0: It's almost like a disincentive for good parents to foster. You know, it sounds like it's, it's gut wrenching to to put yourself through that process and bless those who do. But yeah. Yeah. But you know, when you, I mean, you know, what you think about, okay, there's people who do, um, think that abortion's okay. There's people who don't. Right. So, so this is, you know, obviously very emotional because it's tied to a woman's body. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And having yeah. to go through that process. I mean, what do you say when, when people bring up the whole issue of, um, you know, rape and incest and that type of exception and, you know, like, where do you draw the line there?
1: So for myself, and again, this is how I feel personally. Um, I believe that every single person that God has created in the womb, he has a purpose for their life. That child that was created, whether horrendously or in love Mm -hmm. or by mistake, (laughs) that child did not ask to be here. That Mm -hmm. child did nothing wrong. Right. And I would never want to punish a child for the crimes, even of their father. The crimes of their—I mean, however you want to look at it. Right. Um, And again, that's just that's how I feel. And then making it even more personal because me having infertility issues and concerns. Right. Every child that's taken out is a child that I won't be able to love or bring into my home, into my heart, or any other amazing woman out there that can't carry a child herself, but has that desire to be a mother to another, another woman's child. And, and yes, there could be some out there that are super pro-life and just like, I don't want, I don't believe in killing babies and, you know, it's murder and, but they're never, ever reaching out and not, not saying that they had to take every child into their home, but reaching out to our community pregnancy centers or, you know, to going to Planned Parenthood and praying for them and sitting there and saying, Hey, let's talk about this first or, you know, even being a a support to that mother. um, Okay. 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 Being a support to that, to that mom, um, doing volunteer work in the foster care system, uh, whatever, whatever you can do. Like if you want this child to live, Right. What steps are you taking to be right. a support?
0: That's good. Yeah. To her
1: and to these kids that can we can possibly save. And so yeah, like I said, in in those situations that are like I said absolutely horrendous and disgusting and all of that, the baby is still a blessing and we never know what the blessing is that's going to come. We don't know what this child is how they're going to live. What life they're going to have. Yeah. I've heard a number of stories from people in real life. And I mean, all of it's in real life, but people I know personally, mm-hmm. as well as videos I've watched or clips on YouTube yeah. of people who are that they were products of rape right. and that they are extremely happy with their life and they're grateful to their biological mother because most of them were placed for adoption or given to a family member. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're like thankful for their biological mom for saving their life
0: right and i mean even when you just think about the woman the the double tr- sometimes triple trauma of going through an abortion on top of being raped i, I think sometimes we think that abortion is automatically safe
1: <laughs> and it's actually I know.
0: automatically pretty okay for the obviously it's not for the baby, but um, that it's okay for the woman that, that actually will help protect her body. I think that's a really big um, misconception people have. Like there have been, pe- there have been women that have died from abortion. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And not
0: to mention the women that have committed suicide because of their trauma that they've experienced. From yeah. Abortion.
1: And, and we'll even hear on the other, on the other side, the ones who are saying that well, women die in childbirth too. So why not? You know, don't. Yeah. and I also hear too, and this is something else. Um, it's like, well, if they have to carry that child and the, the child that they don't want, they're going to be in therapy forever. I was like, okay, <laughs> a couple things on that. Yes. They will be in therapy. If they carry a child, they don't want to carry. Guess what? They're also going to go to therapy if they abort, yeah. they're also going to go through therapy when they place their child up for adoption. Through the adoption process, we are covering the cost for my son's biological mother to go through oh, postpartum wow. therapy. Awesome. Yeah. So no matter what, in any situation, if yeah. there were rape, if there's incest, if Right. they aborted their child if they gave birth if they placed their child for adoption mm-hmm. therapy is always going to be needed <laughs> right. no matter what the situation mm-hmm. and so also there are health concerns in both cases if they carry to term there could be health concerns especially for younger children that are raped and get pregnant unfortunately mm-hmm. um and then mm-hmm. the abort and right i mean that cannot be safe at all like Yeah, you know, and, and I, and don't get me wrong. I hear, I hear that it's a woman's choice. And I think my only concern, my only concern with all the stuff that has been out here lately is, um, I think with, I guess, you know, people making, you know, mandatory. I think I don't like that. Like, like, no, like you cannot do this. And I, I want to be able to be there for someone, whether she decides to make this choice or not. I think every single place, Planned Parenthood, plan, whatever, clinic, there should be someone there to that should be talking to them, encouraging them mm-hmm. to not, making sure they have those options, talking to them the entire pregnancy, not just at the very beginning, not just at the end, not just afterwards, but like weekly, I mean... What do they need? Helping them financially, helping them because a lot of us heard that too. And I guess that's when I get mad.
0: <laughs> is when
1: I say I, I I hope I don't get in trouble for this, but when I say selfish reasons for portion. Yeah. Selfish being um control well, option. Yeah. Right. Um I, I, and I actually heard and I hope it's okay to share, but I, I heard um an interview of a woman Whoa. who was running, she was in the Olympics. And she's heading to the Olympics and she had a fiance. Um, so, man, she's currently still married to and she had a fiance, was doing great, had a great job, financially stable, everything. And she ended up getting pregnant by her fiance. And because she was going to the Olympics and it was a certain race that she was planning on running in, she didn't want to take the chance of not being able to run so she literally like a week before going to the Olympics, she had an abortion. And I was mad. I was Uh-oh. mad. I was like, if that's not the most selfish Uh-oh. thing. Like the Uh-oh. Olympics aren't going anywhere. Uh-oh. Like you could um go get it. Go get it. Um if you I mean to you know, me, like this baby I, doesn't fit with my schedule. So it's exactly, <laughs> yeah. so, like, getting in the way of me winning a gold medal. Like, you know, and couldn't kind of find out she ended up not winning the gold medal. And and she said, and I I I will, you know, kind of Change her narrative on this. She she did say that she's like, I feel like God was punishing me. And God's God's not a vengeful God. Like He's yeah. not gonna say, because you did this, you're not gonna get this. That's not what He's doing. Like He still loves you, He still cares for right. you, He mm-hmm. you. You know, but I just don't think, I mean, there Yeah. The Olympics were still gonna be there. And yeah. she wasn't that kind of older in age where it couldn't have mm-hmm. happened and right. she still went back four years later and she still went, you know, and yeah. you know, so. So situations like that, that bothers me. When they say financially, I'm just not in the place. I think even married people who get pregnant still can say financially, I don't have the money to sure. have a child. So I feel like that's not even a valid reason either. And there's so many resources out there. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. That help.
1: And I look at places like here in, in our city, uh, Anchorage uh, Community Pregnancy Center, mm-hmm. That has resources, that has, you know, you can get ultrasounds there and you have, there's baby clothes and then there's things you can get in. And I, and I just look at, we can make this possible. We can make this work. Is it going to be hard? Probably so. It's not going to all of a sudden be easy, but there should be enough people there to be able to support this young mom or older mom, you know, to be able to keep this child that has a future. Yeah. That's like, you know, and, and to be able to bless another family, like even if they decide not to, to keep right. the child at least caring, like, let's make sure they get the proper healthcare that they need right. through this whole pregnancy while they're in therapy, getting the healthcare they need, um, and finding an amazing family to love this child
0: right. as much
1: as they can. And now, because I know back in the day, adoptions were closed. Like, all adoptions were closed. These days, adoptions are open. So you have the opportunity to still be able to minister and encourage this young mom, an adoptive family, which was what the goal was for me and my husband, was to be able to be there for our son's bio mom to, yeah. you know, to encourage her and say, hey, we're here for you. What do you need? You know, we might yeah. be 3,000 miles away, but that will not you know, right. we, we will still be here for you. So. Right.
0: And you think about, you know, if we want to elevate women in general, you know, if we want to, to help them succeed, to help them be healthy and whole and all of those things, um, you're right about to bring up the women that can't conceive. I mean, to to rob them of an opportunity, like the the people that are, the couples that are waiting for those kids and haven't <laughs> been able to adopt. I mean, the, the millions of kids that have been, aborted, you know, over the years, um, they could have had homes, you know, and that was someone else's baby. I have heard it said, you know, uh, uh, by the abortion side that a, a baby isn't a baby unless it's wanted, mm-hmm. <laughs> but they don't specify who it's wanted by. Exactly. Cause if it's, if it's wanted, no matter who wants it, <laughs> that can be yeah. their baby, you know? And I, mm-hmm. and I do think it's kind of a it's a cultural sort of issue like to to say okay to have that mindset like i can turn my baby over to someone else i think that is a big leap for especially certain socioeconomic demographic type of situations where they they wouldn't even consider like it's either i get, i have to take care of this baby for the rest of its life or or i have to abort that those yeah. are the only choices they don't think about placing a other baby. options that's exactly. because that's beyond the realm of their culture or whatever they're thinking. Um, I don't know what it is, but there's a big, big disconnect there. It's like, it's like more shame to do that than it would be to abort, which is, you know, which is really giving giving a gift to someone else, you know?
1: Exactly. And that's how, that's how I want everybody to look at it. I've been very open about our adoption and, you know, strangers, when they see us, you know, they don't, no one could even see. I mean, he actually kind of fits, he fits in perfectly with our family. And if I, unless, unless they know me or I tell them that he was adopted, they would never, ever think that. Um,
0: Do you think the fact that you're the same race made it quicker for you
1: to Okay. the uh, um, adoption go through, or yes. So I will share that that little little um, uh, random fact. But yeah. we uh, we specifically wanted to reach out to. Um, we wanted our child to be African American or at least have African American represented. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason why was because when we found out as we were doing our research for adoption, we found out for domestic infant adoption specifically mm-hmm. there are less than fifty. African-American, Black couples, husband and wife, couples in the entire country. What? Less than 50 that are wanting to adopt domestic infants. Yeah. So I'm saying domestically, but I even think internationally. So Mm -hmm. there are, I mean, there could be some biracial couples, Mm -hmm. um, same-sex couples, but I'm talking about husband and wife, married husband and wife, both Black, less than 50, Hmm. In the entire country, with our agency that we were with, that we signed up with, we were the only ones. We were the only one out of like two hundred families. Yeah. Um. So they told us when we signed on, they're like, "Oh, you're not gonna be with us long. You're gonna, you're gonna be a child. You're gonna be a child. Yeah. Um. And so, so I was like, okay, we'll see. We'll see what happens. And um. Okay. She's like, Hi. She's like, Hi. She's like, Hi. 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 <laughs> I think you. Okay. Okay. Think so, um, so yeah. So, hearing that was like, wow. Okay. So, and so hearing you. that also made it a, the I reason why we, why we chose to specifically choose a, a young, um, a black mother, was because we found out that a lot of the black birth mother, expectant mothers, are having to uh, settle for whatever is available. Mm-hmm. Um, which are majority white families mm-hmm. and so not that they have anything against it I'm all for um yeah. uh, for uh what do we call it transracial what's mm-hmm. transracial adoptions I'm I'm super all for it anyone who's loving a child <laughs> <laughs> fully no matter what I am 100 percent on board yeah. but because yeah. these young girls are having to you know this is a huge huge brave selfless decision that they are making right to place their child up for adoption to not abort their child. To let this child live and have a wonderful life. They should be able to choose the family to raise their child. Mm -hmm. And because they're like, well, there's a certain family I'm looking for, but that's not an option. I don't see them available. I wanted to make sure we were available.
0: You know, Margaret Sanger, who started Planned Parenthood, was a eugenicist. You know, she wanted to um, create a certain um, thing for our country, like, you know, racially. And so mm-hmm. you know, I know minorities were targeted big time and now yeah. it's not that it's overt like that, but it's just part of the fabric of our culture. You know, mm-hmm. that, 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 that narrative has been passed yeah. down.
1: Yeah. And I, I don't even know like how many people know, especially within our black community, how yeah. many know like the history of abortions and how it came to be and I feel like if more people I don't know that's why it's so weird because I know a lot of people that do know the history and still mm-hmm. feel like it should be okay and it should still be an option mm-hmm. but then some that may not know the history is this is, could this change like if we share like do you know the whole purpose the whole purpose behind abortion was to get rid of the black the black people to wipe us so, off if, this? yeah I think if no one
0: died I mean if you look at the stats I don't have the stats right in front of me but if no one was killed through abortion in the black community, I mean, I question whether it would still be a minority. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like,
1: yeah. Well, if we, I mean, there would be so many, so many yeah. more yeah. of us <laughs> than there is. I agree. I agree. And I, I refuse to let her, that, that legacy. I, I don't want that, you know, to continue. And I want to be able to educate as many people as possible on like This is where it came from, you know? And, and that's why this is such a hard topic sometimes because I, it's like, okay, I, like I said, I hear that a woman wants to be able to go into the hospital and, you know, take care of herself. Like, this is what I want to do. I get, I get that. So I don't want anybody to think that I don't understand that. Like I do. Mm -hmm. And, but I just, I think the reason why I'm, I'm more on the other side is because I feel like this they're not giving the proper getting the proper help or the proper counseling um, options, encouragement, right, uh, sympathy, empathy, like
0: huge money-making thing. Really?
1: It is. And it's just kind of, I feel like it's just one sided. And I think that's why it's just like, okay, this is your choice. Yes. Let's go for it. Like, (laughs) like
0: for a woman to come to that, point to where their own offspring, like they're going to do away with their own offspring is, is kind of against the nature of who we are as women, I, believe, I think. And so yeah. when you do something like against your own body and against, you know, the life that you have inside you, it's going to do something to you. Mm-hmm. That, and, and, and that to me is really caring for women and nobody wants women to die. I mean, if there's, If there's something that's causing a woman to, yes, they're going to die from this pregnancy, there's no one on either side that's saying, oh, yeah, you should just let the woman die. (laughs) You know, that's not really an argument. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they will remove the child if if she's in if her life is in danger, and you don't need yeah. an abortion to do that. It actually you can remove the child without actually killing the child. Exactly, exactly. Right. And I think like the child is probably going to die, but you know, there's a yeah. humane way to do that. You know,
1: exactly. And I don't I don't agree with. Um, I think a lot of people said like, um, what is it? A ectopic pregnancy yeah. is abortion, or I was like, I don't agree with that. Like, I still believe that there's still some. If, if if the mother's life is in danger and they have to, I mean, there's, like you said, there's a way, ways to be able to like deliver the baby
0: mm-hmm.
1: or, you know, or do something that you're not having to go and kill the baby. Like, yeah. so I'm not looking at all of that as abortion. I think it's yeah. medically, you know, necessary for the mother yeah. to live, um, you know, and to, and to not, you know, they can't carry this child anymore, yeah. but it's not like then I don't think they're even calling it like, we're going to have to abort this child for you to live. Yeah. Like, I don't even think they're we're saying that. we have to that remove
0: this baby. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, um, so I am, I am on board with that. Like if it's mm-hmm. medically saving right. the mother's life, right, then they need to do what they can to be able to, like you said, remove or deliver this child. Yeah. Um, and like you said, this child may not live, but mm-hmm. it's not like, it's not murder. It's, I don't, they're not purposely, yeah. And you understand what I'm saying.
0: Yeah. And I mean, you know, we have to think about this as Alaskans because, you know, with with what's happening in in our country, we have really lax abortion laws. So people might be coming here to get abortions. You know what I mean? Like they're so we have to be ready as a community, I think, to to say, what are we going (laughs) to do? Oh, yeah. Are we going to help? women feel like, don't feel like they don't need to make that choice, you know, to make the unfortunate choice that they might regret.
1: Yeah. And that's why I think too, with my, um, with all that I do working with uh, young women, mostly um, as a coach, as a certified life coach, um, confidence coach, team coach, how, whatever title you want to put on it. One thing I do is I I really make sure that I'm hearing them Mm-hmm. i ask them certain questions and i feel like certain questions aren't being answered asked to these young girls and that's the whole purpose of coaching with counseling you know you're sitting there okay let's let's talk you know right. and you're kind of just letting them vent and talk which is fine
0: mm-hmm. with
1: a coach you're constantly asking questions like mm-hmm. okay how to get to this place mm-hmm. how is this going to help you in your future tell mm-hmm. me what you're thinking about mm-hmm. what you did before did it help you yeah (laughs) so why go back you know just constantly like getting them to think about everything yeah and so that's what I do with my girls now with the the youth that I I mentor I coach now Mm -hmm. is making sure that's like very um powerful questions to to push and promote change and for them to open up their eyes to be able and open up their minds to be able to like huh I didn't think about it that way right oh no one's asked me that question no one's really thought about me in that way, um, I feel like it's already the answer is already given to them, and that's what I see with counseling. Mm-hmm. You're, they're giving you the answer, even though it may not be the right answer. Like, no, ask for yourself. You know, like, yeah, it's about it should be about them. So, yeah. um, so that's where I feel like things have right. kind of fallen and and where we failed, and that's what I want to try and help and make that change. If there are young girls who are getting pregnant especially because this is the area of these this is the age range that I mm-hmm. um this is the age range that I'm I work with I want to make sure it's like hey I want to be available for yeah. you yeah to come come and talk to me right sit down and and let's ask them questions let's, yeah. let's look at and I know, you know ideally way.
0: it would be great if we didn't need to make a law that that bans the killing of babies you know mm-hmm. or reborn babies but yeah. you know, I, that I can see how that could be necessary, but it, uh, there's like, to me, there's the hard side of politics. There's the government, you know, the laws and all that. And then there's the soft side of politics, which is really culture. And how are we, how are we working at that side too? And you're, that's what you're working on is the soft side. Like, okay, mm-hmm. how can I help people make better, more informed choices, you know, whether the laws are there or not, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And your girls that you work Mm -hmm. with. Yeah, Yeah. yes.
1: Not to mention mention the boys too, right? (laughs) Yes, exactly. The boys as well. The boys as well. So I really want to, you know, kind of doing some coaching training for, um, for even men to be able to coach young boys because there's an area that I, I feel like, like I said, I said, I was like, I'm not a dude. So I can't, I don't understand certain things that boys deal with. I do understand the teen mindset in some things, but because I'm a woman and I was a teen girl at some point in my life, Mm -hmm. you know, years and years ago, I can still relate to them in that kind of way. Mm -hmm. There's things I can't relate to with a boy. I can't, you know, I can't do that. So I, I need some males. We Um, need some positive males, especially because the majority of the majority of generation now is I'll say 98%. um, That it's very diverse. So we are, we have more um, African-American Latino, Alaska native Pacific Islander, Asian kids than white kids. I mean, that's, that's just yeah. how it's. so so we need more I need more positive black role models I need positive female role models mentors, coaches in the lives of these kids because we're seeing a a rate a rise in abortions within our community yeah
0: yeah, well, I appreciate the work you're doing and um and just you know the, her, your son he looks awesome, he looks happy. <laughs> and, <yeah. laughs> Thank you so much for Thank coming you. on today and we'll talk to you Absolutely. later. Absolutely. Okay.